without the knowledge of the demigods, he also offered oblations to the demons because they were his relatives through his mother. Purple. Because of Vishwarupa's affection for the families of both the demigods and the demons, he appeased the Supreme Lord on behalf of both dynasties. When he offered oblations in the fire on behalf of the Asuras, he did so secretly without knowledge of the demigods.
I'm sorry, I have to get a husband for my daughter. And he said, uh, your daughter? And he looked at, he looked at her and he said, it's all gone. <laughs> you know, 14 generations have passed. You know, your daughter's gone, right? Everyone's gone. Like that. So if, if you look at Earth in perspective, it doesn't take long to die here. Right. If, you look at, if you look at it from a universal perspective, the demigods live much longer than us, the Asuras live much longer than us. Right? We're just here for a very short time. So it's called Marchaloka. That's what our planet is known as throughout the universe. So it is said uh, two planets within this universe you can go back to Vaikuntha, back to Goloka from. Right? Only Earth and Sachaloka or Pramadoka. Right? There's only two planets. This is one of them. So it's a very special planet. <coughs> the whole universe uh, worships this planet. Right? So it's considered extreme, extremely auspicious. Because in a very short time, even though in Kali Yuga, Kali Yuga is mm, the most inauspicious age, and we live for a very short time. In Kali Yuga, it says that the lifespan is 100 years. And that's not even the average anymore. And we're only 5,000 years in. And I think now it's down to 68 or something. You know, already. <laughs> no, we haven't got much time. You know, you might only have a few minutes left. You know, we don't know. So that this, uh, this particular place where we are, everything happens very, very quickly. Uh, so it is called Marcha Loka. Uh, it is the planet of death. Everything is very temporary. Now, in the Satya Yuga, the demigods and the demons, they lived on different planets. Right? So that's why you see here, like there's, when the wars happen between the Devitas and the demigods, when the Asuras attack, you know, they fly through space to get to them. Uh, it's like uh, Star Wars. You know, they fly through. Right? <laughs> Except they don't fly on... Uh, X-wings and Y-wings and, you know, it's not a spacecraft, but they fly on um, animals, generally. Like Lord Brahma, he carries the swan. Uh, Indra rides an Ayurveda, the elephant. Uh, uh, each demigod, uh, Kartikeya, rides on the peacock into battle. Right? He is the general of the army of the Devatas. You imagine if you're being attacked by a huge peacock. He runs into battle on a peacock. The peacock's like <laughs> attacking him. Uh, uh, Ganesh rides on a rat. Uh, all the, I was listening yesterday and Yudhana Swami was giving a lecture. He, he was explaining all the, uh, the symbols of Ganesh. Uh, and he explained why he rides on a rat, uh, rides on the mouse. Uh, the mice can get into all different places. They're very... Like that. So he gave a very like a detailed explanation of why he writes on this particular character. So uh, in Satya Yuga there were different planets, and then on in Treta Yuga, they're born in the same planet but on different countries. So we see in, uh, in Ramayana, uh, in Treta Yuga, then uh, the David the Devitas were in Bharadvash in India, and the Asuras were in Lanka. Uh, Sri Lanka, which is across the ocean. So, you know, they're in different countries. And Dwapara Yuga, they got born in different families. Uh, and you have the Pandavas and the Kauravas, uh, different families. One of them, they one lot of devotees, they have a lot of Asuras. And then in Kali Yuga, uh, 
That's where we're going. It's in the same body. So you don't know what you're going to wake up with. When you wake up in the morning, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, I say, okay, who is it today? Who's there? Is it the demon or the devotee? Who's going to be there today? Is the demon? Yeah, I'm schizophrenic. Demon and devotee. All of us in Kaliuga are schizophrenic. All of us. And you've all been diagnosed and analyzed now. So you can get your healthcare plans. We're all schizophrenic. Uh, what does schizophrenia mean? It means we don't know if we're going to act like a devotee or act like a demon. Some days we, we're very good and we behave very properly. And some days we're a little bit naughty. Some days we... What does it mean to be a sura? A sura means a devotee. Uh, sura means that all Vaishnavas, all the suras, all the demigods are Vaishnavas. They all have tilak. Right? They're, they're all devotees. Right? They all worship Vishnu. They're all devotees. Right? The Asuras are atheistic by nature. In other words, they are not submissive to the will of God, uh, to the will of Krishna. That is the difference between the Sura and the Asura. Uh, one obeys God's rules, the other one does not. And that's in Kali Yuga, that's within us. Sometimes we obey the rules of God, and other times, disobedient. Uh, I will not follow God's rules. Why do I have to do this? Why I have to chant 16 rounds? Why I have to follow four regular principles? Why not three? Why not 2.5? Uh, why not 1.6? Uh, I can do what I want. Uh, that, this is demonic consciousness. So sometimes that, that is within us. Sometimes we want to rebel. Uh, we want to do things that we're not supposed to do. Uh, that's what it means to be an asura. So Kali Yuga is within both of us. <coughs> now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he appeared to deliver the residence of the Kali Yuga. So we know in the famous pastime of Jagai and Madhai uh, that Mahaprabhu did not kill Jagai and Madhai because Nichananda Prabhu said, please don't kill them because if you kill them, where does it stop? Right? You kill them, and then you have to kill them, and then you have to kill them, and then, you have to, and then we're going to have to kill a lot of people. This is Kali Yuga. Uh, so therefore, uh, Mahaprabhu kills the demoniac spirit. Nichananda Prabhu kills the demoniac spirit. The Asura, that part of us which is in there, they destroy that. So in Kali Yuga, that is the system right? to destroy it. That's why we chant the holy name of Krishna. In the first verse of the Shikshastika, then Lord Chaitanya says there are seven benedictions. Right? What is the first benediction? Cheto Dapa Marjana. It will cleanse your heart. It will cleanse your consciousness. That is the system that we use. Uh, chant the holy names of Krishna. Chant and be happy. <coughs> Get rid of all the demoniac desires through chanting. It actually works. Hands up if you think it works. Okay, nearly all of you. Uh, very good. <laughs> it actually works. Right? If it doesn't work, we'll give your money back. No problem. No problem. No problem. We are rich. We'll give you your money back. No problem. Uh, that's no problem. But Prabhupada said, try it. Uh, and see if it works. If it does not work, you do not lose anything. But if it works, 
You cleanse your consciousness. What is the greatest uh, benediction? To have a pure heart. Because when you have a pure heart, Krishna will sit in the heart. Uh, just like uh, in the Gundicha Marjana pastime. Right? That whole pastime, right, allegorically, teaches us that we have to remove all the dust, all the contamination in the consciousness. Once all that contamination is gone, Krishna can sit in your heart. And if Krishna sits in your heart, what will happen to you? You'll become a pure devotee, you'll be an ocean of bliss. You will feel unlimited bliss. Unlimited bliss. If Krishna sits in your heart. But Krishna won't sit in, not least in my heart, he won't sit there right now. You know, sometimes you go to sit somewhere and it's like dirty and you're like, oh, I don't want to sit there. You know, in the morning, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Krishna come and sit. And then Krishna comes. You, we call him, he says, okay. And he comes and goes, oh, <laughs> I can't sit there. Uh, clean that, clean that, clean that, clean that, clean that. Then I can sit there. Uh, so that is the system. So then, uh, we have to take all the help we can get. This is Kali Yuga. We need a lot of help to get rid of all these material desires. So we take shelter of all the different forms of the Lord. Just like Narasimha. When was it his appearance day? On Sunday. It was it Sunday? Yeah. So on Sunday, there was the appearance of Narasimha, Chatur Dashi. So then, we pray to Nishringadev. Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains this. How, how is Nishringadev significant in our tradition? Why do we pray to Nishringadev? Because we pray to him, please remove the anatas with your nails. You pray to him, please remove the anatas, pull them out, all the impure things in our heart. And then, I can then serve Radha and Krishna with purity, with love. So that is the thing. So we need all the help we can get. So in Kali Yuga we have to. So it's been described here that Vishwarupa, he was helping the demons and helping the devotees. So we have to choose our camp. Which camp do you want to be in? With the devotees or with the demons? With the suras or with the asuras? And then you have to decide, what are you going to be? Well, are you going to <coughs> become a devotee or are you going to become a demon? Uh, the American Indians, the Navajo tribe, you know the Navajos? Actually, I don't know if it's that. I'm just making it. That's only one I can remember. Uh, but the American Indians, one of the tribes, they say uh, that there are two wolves in our heart. And whichever wolf you feed will get stronger. One wolf is the ego, which represents lust, anger, greed, pride, envy, illusion, all these negative qualities. The other wolf is our soul, which has all these spiritual qualities. So who will grow? Depends who you feed. So you become like who you associate with. If you associate with devotees, you will become devotee. If you associate with the demons, you will become a demon. 
That's why I'm telling you you have to be careful. Because now the, the demons are inside your phone. Right? They're waiting for you. Right? <laughs> I didn't push that. I just got text. Right? <laughs> so, the demons are in there, right? Facebook. Right? The devotees are in Facebook. You get a lot of good information, actually. But the demons are in there, too. And they're trying to get you. You have to be very careful about association and Kali Yuga. Uh, our great guru, Hiranyakashipu. Uh, you know him? Biggest demon in the history of the universe. If anyone says they are the biggest demon, no. Hirani Kashibu was number one for all time. No one was bigger than him. Uh, three lifetimes. You know the past time we just had Mishinga Chapter Dasi. Three lifetimes. Actually, four. We know there's four of it. Three lifetimes. First two, Hiranyaksha, Hirani Kashibu. Second two, Ravana Kumbhakarna. Third two, Shishapal, the Dandabhaka. And then we know Jagai Mana, they also came again. That's Chana Avatar, that's covered. That's not mentioned in, uh, in the Shastra. But then, <clears throat> there's one pastime where Ravana, he was big demon. Uh, I think it was Narada, or one of the sages, said to him, you were much more powerful last time around. <laughs> he said, how can I be more powerful? How can I be more powerful? He said, come with me. So they took him to one place. Uh, and there was like a gold mountain. You know, like a small hill made of gold. And he said, you see that? He said, last time you came, that was your earring. That's how powerful you were. So you're not so powerful this time. Ravana is not so powerful. Not compared to Hiranya Kashipu. He was the most Powerful. Biggest demon. <laughs> so, our guru, Hiranyakashipu, uh, he says in the Bhagavatam, right? Prabhupada explains, you can take gold, or I think Shanaka said it, you can take gold from a dirty place. Right? Even if you, if you see gold and it's dirty, you take that, the gold is valuable. It doesn't matter where you get it from. Well, you can get it from the earth, uh, you can get it from anywhere, but if it is gold, pure gold, it is valuable. You can take it from anywhere. So Hirani Kashipu, if he says something valuable, then we take it. He becomes our guru. But then we don't listen to everything else he says. <laughs> we have to choose carefully what he says. But he says to Prahlad, Prahlad, be careful. Because whoever you associate with, you will become like them. <laughs> we are like a crystal. Right, so you look at the crystals. Whatever it associates with, if you put the blue or the red or the yellow or the green, then the crystal will reflect that color. So that means that whoever we associate with, we become like that. So Randy Kashiku says, be very careful who you associate with. So if we want to mold our consciousness, if we want to become devotee, you have to choose your association carefully. Associated with pure devotees. Uh, 
So then the question is, who is a pure devotee? Huh? What is the answer? Do we job? Who is a pure devotee? Huh? Who is pure? What is the answer? Huh? One is fully engaged in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> 1968, beginning of this call. How many devotees were in this from 1968? 80. Now how many? Too many. <laughs> or not enough. <laughs> right. So, in 1968 there were 80 devotees. And tomorrow Krishna Maharaj, he said to Prabhupada, he said, Prabhupada, how many pure devotees are there on the planet? Prabhupada said, how many devotees are there in Islam? And then Prabhupada explained, it is like a mango. Ripe mango or green mango, they both have value. You may not be ripe yet. But if you keep following the process, you will become sweet and ripe. But even a green mango, it has its value. So Prabhupada said, devotees are like that. Okay, maybe we're not fully ripe yet. But if we keep following the process, we can become pure devotees. And by definition, we are a pure devotee. Anya bilashita shunyo. By definition, Rupa Goswami's definition of pure devotional service, you might have material desires. Hands up if you have material desires in your consciousness. Okay, this is alarming. Okay, everyone said this. Why did I come here today? <laughs> Everyone has mature desires in their consciousness. So we all have mature desires in our consciousness. But we are still considered a pure devotee. And we're still considered to be performing pure devotional service if we don't act on those mature desires. That's all. We all have mature desires. Everyone has. We all know. Right? Sometimes we feel embarrassed. I remember when I was a very young devotee. I've only been devoted a couple of years. <coughs> and I said to my Guru Maharaj, they are writing a letter, and then I, I said, uh, Maharaj, I have this like material desire. And I was horrified. You know, I sent him the letter, and it's different now. Now you just write your Guru, you, know, you send an email. You know, when, before my Guru left the world, you know, I'd send him an email, get an answer the next day sometimes. But in the beginning, you know, when I first wrote to him, then it was all letters. So we'd send a letter, you know, and then uh, he'd send it to Dallas, I think. And then Dallas would send it to Hong Kong, and then he was like traveling, and then he'd pick it up in Hong Kong. <laughs> then he'd go to Fiji, and then he'd send it back. You know, it was like, sometimes take three months to get the letter back. So for three months, I was like meditating. I was in intense anxiety. Or well, I've revealed to my guru that I have this material design. So then he wrote back. And he said, everyone has those desires. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> everyone has them. I didn't know. I thought it was just me. I'm the only one who has them. No, everyone has these material desires. So we have to get rid of those material desires. How do you get rid of them? By the Sangha that you keep, by the association you keep. That will purify you. Chant the holy name, keep association with pure devotees. That's the, that's the program. Eat only Krishna Prasad. Don't eat polka. Uh, don't eat chocolate ice cream from Coles, Magnums. 
Eating so many things. The gulag comes from the can. All this. Cocoa pops. Cornflakes. All this bulgur. Sometimes I go to Bodhi's house, you know, they've got a cornflakes or something. And they, you know, make it up, put in the bowl, put some milk, make the offering. I think Krishna's not going to eat that. First, probably because he doesn't even know what's in it. You know, God knows what they even put in these things these days. But he doesn't eat fruit cooked by non devotees, he says that. He doesn't eat fruit. You know, when he says patran, pushpan, falan, toyan, if you read the purport, uh, I think it's Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur in the, in the commentary. He says <coughs> that means the devotee grow, grows the food, harvests the food, cooks the food, offers the food, and then honors the food. Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur says when Krishna says, I only eat vegetarian, that's what it means, actually. No. You have to go and grow all your wheat and cut it down, harvest it. Right? Cook it, offer it to Krishna, and then you can take it. Otherwise, you should fast, just eat apples. Yeah. This is the system. That's actually the system. Mm-hmm. Krishna won't eat the food, which is cooked by the non devotees. Mm-hmm. So we should also try to do that. I know it's, you know, we have to be practical as well. Have to be practical as well. Even Prabhupada one time was on the train. <laughs> and the train in India, and the train stopped. He looked out the window and someone was cooking uh, kachori. Uh, and one of Prabhupada's names when he was growing up was uh, Kachori Mukha, which means kachori face. Always he had a kachori <laughs> in his hand. Prabhupada always eating kachori. Prabhupada loved it. Prabhupada's famous. <coughs> Favorite. Uh, that's why um, you know, Vyasa Puja, you know, we usually make the kachori for Prabhupada. So Prabhupada stopped on the train and looked out the platform and someone was cooking kachori. Prabhupada said, give me kachori. Right? So Tamar he went and got kachori for Prabhupada, brought it back. He said, and then Prabhupada was taking the train. And Tamar said, Prabhupada, he said, we don't even know who this guy is on the platform. <laughs> we don't even know who he is, what his consciousness is, you know, you're taking kachori. Prabhupada said, if it is hot, and they are cooking it in front of you, and you pay for it, it will nullify the karma. Prabhupada <laughs> <laughs> said, He said, it will destroy the, the karma. You pay for it, they cook the hot in front of you. Know, it has to be pure vegetable. But if you cook, and then you're on it, then it's said, it will purify the karma. <laughs> <laughs> But then, whether or not, uh, then we can offer that to Krishna, well, maybe that's a different thing. But then, Prabhupada said to Revati Nanda Prabhu, who was, he was a Swami at the time, he actually said to him one time, he said, for a devotee, everything is prasad. Okay, so someone like Prabhupada, Prabhupada is the Kachori, right? 
Because he needs fuel for the body to serve Krishna. That is prasad. Because Prabhupada, like, uh, Krishna says, I am the taste in the water. In the Gita. So you take the water, and Prabhupada even said in uh, 26th Avenue, I think like 1966, he's giving a lecture. One drunk person came past. Uh, a, we call like a bum or like a drunk person, like a derelict. He came past and he came into the entrance. And Prabhupada's giving the lecture, Prabhupada stopped, he looked at him, and he's holding a bottle of wine. And he's walking down the street drinking wine. <laughs> and Prabhupada looks at him, and Prabhupada says, Hare Krishna. Like and he looks around and everything, you know, he's probably drunk and he looks around. And he looks at Prabhupada, Prabhupada says, Hare Krishna. And the, the drunk said, Do you want some? Prabhupada said, You can take it. And then he left and walked down the street. And then Prabhupada said, If he is drinking the wine, and while he drinks the wine, he thinks Krishna is the taste in this, then he makes some advancement. So this is the, the, the point that Prabhupada's making. For a devotee, right? I mean, you can't drink wine, you can't eat, you know, certain things you can't eat and so forth. But if we're taking something in service to Krishna, even with... Uh, Hari Keshpuru, right? He was in, uh, he was preaching in, might have been Poland or somewhere, like this back in the 70s, when it was, you know, everything was very closed down. And he came to Vrindavan, he was speaking to Prabhupada. He said, Prabhupada, there's nothing to eat there. Huh? There's only like cabbage and potato, and even they're hard to get. And he said, everyone eats meat, you know, there's not, nothing to eat there. The Prabhupada said, then eat meat. He was like shocked. He looked at Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, eat meat. He said, Prabhupada, what about my consciousness? Prabhupada said, damn your consciousness. <laughs> Prabhupada said, damn your consciousness. He said, the preaching must go on. And then he went back to Poland. He never ate meat. But, you know, Prabhupada was so emphatic. You know, the, the service must go on. You know, this is extreme. You know, we only meet on the most extreme, extreme, extreme situations that we meet. You know, I've never eaten meat as a devotee. No, probably, probably never will. If it comes down, there's no other option. The service has to go on. Then okay, that's all we do. But we don't do it as we don't do it voluntarily. Well, so we have to understand these things. But basically, we should eat prasad. We should take prasad. Huh? Actually, Prabhupada said, don't eat prasad. He said, honor prasad. Tomorrow, Krishna has wrote a letter. And he said to everyone, uh, when they uh, installed Mat Radha Mandanishwar in uh, England, was that 68? He was 68. Maybe 69, around about that time. Then they installed Radha Mandanishwar. And then Tomokrish Maharaj wrote the letter. He said, please come for the installation of Radha Landanishra and uh, eat prasad. And then he showed the letter to Prabhupada before he sent it. He said, no, honor prasad. Uh, devotees do not eat prasad, they honor prasad. It means we have to be in the right consciousness. You know, we've given uh, 
seminars on how to honor Prasad. Right? It says you should never stand up while you're honoring Prasad. You see, you know, people always stand around in groups, always like honoring or eating. No, that's actually not honoring Prasad. It says you should not have shoes on while you're honoring Prasad. Right? Many things. <coughs> if you go to Jagannath Puri and you take Jagannath Mahaprasad, it says you should not even sit on a mat. It said you should be completely humble right, if you're taking Jagannath's remnants. So many uh, regulations we should when we take Prasad. Uh, prasad is not different from Krishna. Uh, so we have to honor it. So the point is that whatever you associate with, then you will become like that. So if you chant the holy name associated with pure devotees, honor Krishna Prasad, you'll go back home, back to Godhead in this lifetime. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki. Any questions or comments? Mataji. Uh, my question about Vishwarupa. Uh, How should we take him? <coughs> I haven't read this chapter for a long time, so I'd have to read, to answer your question, I'd have to read the whole chapter and analyze, you know, where he's at. So I can't, I can't give an answer by that. Yeah. Can I call you later then? Uh, I'm not planning to read the whole chapter. <laughs> but tonight I have to uh, give a check no, 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 no. Yeah, I just don't have time. Okay. Yeah, well, tonight I've got to give a check out in Germany. No, 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 not, not today. Uh, I'm not planning to read it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy. But tonight I have to check on the chat to read the class. It's going to take me two hours to prepare for the class. And then I've got so much service at the moment. I'm not going to have time to read uh, chapter 9 of Canto 6 this week. <laughs> but other devotees, you can ask them. Yeah, lots of things. Lots of things. Wow. Well, one thing he said, whoever you associate with, you'll become like that. So that's one thing we learned from you. He gave good instruction, so we, we take that instruction. Uh, which, one, another thing we also learned from him is uh, look after your kids. Because he didn't do a very good job. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, he was a father, but he wasn't a very good father. What's that? But he didn't look after his kid properly. Yeah, so don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the instruction is look after your kids. Yeah, but he from from Kashi, was a demon, yeah. right? So from the demons, what do we learn? We learn what not to do. What about his determination to find Vishnu? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, to find Vishnu. Yeah, you can say it like that. Yeah, that's a good thing. If you are determined to find Krishna as 
Hieronymus Shippu was determined to find Vishnu, can we learn from that? Of course, yes. of course. <laughs> you can take gold from a dirty place. So yeah, of course, we learn all those things. Yeah. yeah, if he inspires you, get a little picture of him. <laughs> I think the, the, the biggest lesson I get from Hiram Kasaku is a bit more recent in, in my own life, and I think a lot of people can relate to the, the, what this whole mentality was trying to figure out a way to avoid death or calamity, you know, and so he was fasting, praying, doing, making all these plans, and Krishna had a totally different plan that he had not thought of. And I think we do that all the time, and certainly in my life, I had not planned to come to Australia at this moment. I had been making all these plans on how I'm going to move here and do something, and, and I, the last thing I thought of was that I was coming here. And I think we do that all the time, and Krishna had a different plan. And so for me, the lesson in Hirani Hasiku is you better stop making plans and pray for Krishna's plan and wait for him to guide. Because we're doing this all the time. It falls you all the time. Trying to avoid this suffering and that thing, how can I become more comfortable? And we're doing it all the time. <laughs> and the lesson is that Krishna's going to touch it. So you better just stop making all those plans and plan to be Krishna conscious. <laughs> then you're ready for everything. <laughs> that's, that's for me. Most recent lesson for me. And I'll uh, add a little bit to that, if I can. Then, you know, for most devotees, you know, you're obviously progressed in Krishna consciousness. For most devotees, how to make their plans, that's under the guidance of their gurus. Mm. You know, it's because, you know, as you, you know, in your case, you said, well, you know, you have plans and you're making plans, and then Krishna arranged something. Okay, for you, that's okay. But then for most of them, that's not necessarily the best thing. For a younger devotee, they have to make sure they are under guidance continuously. What plan do you, should you be following? What the guru is instructing. Right, and then you follow that. Right, otherwise, you know, for you it's safe, but for others it might not be. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. Working under Krishna's guidance, guru's guidance is the same thing. Yeah. So being able to consult with Krishna directly and, and pray for guidance is is to me the instruction. Yeah. yeah. But just for, I'm just adding to your point, not disagreeing with your point, but just for a less advanced devotee, that could be a dangerous thing. Because then if someone says, my authority is Krishna, and I'll wait for his guidance, mm -hmm. that may not be the best for a lot of devotees. On certain levels, that could be precarious. Mm -hmm. so, thank you for your point. Thank you for coming to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Purifying this place. You wrote, you wrote the Ekadashi book? What? The Ekadashi book? You wrote that book? No, I didn't. I wrote Food for Peace. Food for Peace, I can do. Yeah, my, my wife uses that a lot. Oh. That's it. I'll tell you what you actually And Maybe I can get an autograph. <laughs> but she uses that book a lot. Yes, sir. So. I have a question regarding the conflicts. <coughs> <laughs> you said it. Any other questions or comments? No, no, it's a question. <laughs> so you said that Krishna don't accept the conflicts because they could find out the But then how about all the oil we're using, all the ghee we're using, all the milk we're using, and also has been cooked by the rupees? So what's the point? So 
how can we say that Krishna won't accept the cornflakes, which are cooked by non devotees, but he will accept the oil, the milk, and the ghee that we're using? Hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's, every, everything's very tricky in Kali It's tricky, the whole thing. <coughs> so, yeah, just, yeah, it is, it's a very good point. But, uh, grains are on a different level. Because it says specifically in the Shastra that grains carry the consciousness of the cook. Uh, there is a, there is an emphasis, of, an emphasis on that. So it would appear that we have to be more careful when we're dealing with grains as opposed to the other items. <coughs> I understand your point. Your point's a good point. I have more questions. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like how do you? Yeah, because some people say sesame seeds are grains, and then some people say actually sesame seeds is a nut, and some you know like quinoa is not a grain, but rice is a grain. Like, how do you how do you know what's a grain? It's not just. Just do do a Google search. <laughs> if it says grain, then it's a, it's a grain. Just be practical. Grains, yeah, generally grains means you know wheat, rice. And then, you know, obviously other things we would constitute as being grains. So, you know, different things we would say, but just be a little practical, that's all. I mean, if we, if we go back historically, like in the 70s, so they're offering milk in America to the deities, and, you know, there's cod liver oil in the milk, fish oil in the milk. So devotees say to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, the milk in America has fish oil in it. And we're offering it to the deities. Prabhupada said, continue to offer it. Right? Milk is so important, we have to offer it. Because Prabhupada knew that there were blemishes in everything in Kali. Kale Doshin Nite Raja, right? Bhagavatam says, Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults. Right? There's this false there. I, I, I agree with your point. Okay, and then you know, except the oil, the oil is not pure. So what should we be doing? As Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, make our own oil. Milk our own cows, grow our own graze, grains, grow our own subject, grow you know, that's what we should be doing. And then we don't have to, we can avoid all that thing. Uh, but then that's very difficult. One more question on a separate point. And how important, like you mentioned, that for example, in honor of the prasadam, to give the example in Puri, you know, you don't even have a mat or be generally should not honor prasadam by standing. So there are all these formalities that go along with and how important are they? Because like this is just one example, and I hear some some ads. I didn't see it in the book, but um, senior devotee told me that it's even a mention in the Hari Bhakti Vilas that you should not worship the deities, you should not study the scriptures without doing some pranayama. You know, you should you should like there's some formalities that go with it. So uh, how important are they? Uh, Prabhupada said in the beginning of the movement. He said, if I told you all the rules and regulations, you would faint. No, he said that. Right. So, what Prabhupada gave us in ISKCON, that's what we follow. That's like the minimal standard. And the, even there, there's quite a lot of rules and regulations we have to follow. Right. So, just like Chattamashya, what did Prabhupada ask us to do? Uh, fast from yeah, fast from four things. That's not much. If you go into Harry Bhakti Vilas and you go into other places, there's a lot more detail on Chattamashya. A lot more. Mm. 
right? But we don't promise, okay, just this. It's Kali Yuga, I'm preaching, it's a Goschanandi movement, just follow this, the basic things. So we just follow those things. We don't have to, you know, Haribhakti Glass does say many things, but Prabhupada extracted what he would call like the essence, and then he gave us those things. Yeah. So if you don't, I don't do Pramayana before I do duty worship, right? It might be a good thing, but I just don't have time. So, you know, because I've got other services I have to do as well, so you have to be practical. So if I basically just follow what you're, ta- what you're taught, you know, as a devotee in the ashram in your training, that's that's what you should do. It's okay. That's okay. Something else you want to add? Um, no, it's an open, open okay. question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just follow, follow what Prabhupada said, that's really good. <coughs> if you want to add things, that's okay. Yeah. But th- that's like the bottom, that's the minimal standard. Actually, my question is like, what are all these formalities for? What are they for? Yeah, because like, Sankarapa just gave us the essence, so it seems like the essence is enough. But then why do these formalities are there in the first place? Because it's culture. Because when you get back to the spiritual world, everyone eats with their right hand. But, that's but, culture. But Krishna is with his left hand. No, not, not like all the time. There's, there are pastimes when he's with Lord Brahma. You know, he's eating out the left hand, mm-hmm. and the acharyas point out that's not even okay. considered culture, right? But you know, that's Krishna, so okay, like that. So, but you know, you get back to spiritual. Everyone eats with their right hand, right? They follow uh, certain etiquettes, mm-hmm. right? It's it's all there in the spiritual. Uh, in the spiritual world, the wind, like someone asked me this recently. I said, you know, why do the Madhuri sit there and the men sit there? It's like someone who's new to it. You know, she, now she's changed 16 rounds and she's coming into the, the movement. She finds some of these things strange. You know, she said, why don't women there and the men like that? And she said, you know, why do we have to follow all these things? If we're supposed to be spiritual and all these things. So, you know, I explained different things about the butter and the fire and all those things. But I said, when you get back to the spiritual world, it's actually like that, surprisingly, right? The men are there and the women are there. It mentions clearly in all of Krishna's pastimes. Right? There's intermingling, but there's still, there's still a certain degree of se- segregation as well. It's culture. Right? So there, there is a culture, a spiritual culture, which is there. So that's why we follow these things, because it's a culture. And you have to learn it, because when you get back to the spiritual world, you know, if you're eating with the left hand, you're walking around, standing up on a reprasada, and everyone will say, Baba, you know, what are you doing? Where are you from? Um, from Dangster. Didn't they train didn't they train you then? No. So you're supposed to be learning here what you're going to do up there. That's the point. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. But that, that's the answer. That's the answer. It's a it's a cultural thing. In the spiritual world there are rules and regulations. There's a there's a culture, a spiritual culture is there developed. Krishna wears a dhoti. Okay, we you're you're gonna take off your dhoti today and you're gonna put on uh, uh, civilian pants, right? You're going to do that today, right? Yeah. You're going to do it, right? But when you go back to the spiritual, everyone's wearing this, right? And everyone's wearing sari. That's what they wear there, right? So you get back and say, oh, well, I don't want my civilian pants today. <laughs> right? And Christian goes, oh, I'm sorry. I go back to dentistry. It doesn't work like that. So there's cultural things. There's reasons why they do all those things. So the best idea is to get with the program. Get with the program. Because I understand, I understand why, you know, 
we don't emphasize those things too much when someone's coming in. You know, we just emphasize chanting and do them. <coughs> but then, you know, people, inevitably they ask. They say, okay, why do you do that? Why do you segregate? Because it's up there as well. So you're going to have to get with the program. If you can't adjust to it here, you're going to have problems when you get up there. So train yourself. Maybe that's what Krishna wants. Uh, Krishna wants you to be with the right hand. Krishna wants you to sit when you take prasada. Right? It's not like everyone's just like, walking around just in a pani It doesn't work like that. It describes in the pastimes, everyone sits in rows. Right? In the morning when Krishna has breakfast, Nanda Maharaj sits, Krishna's on one side, Balaram's on the other side, Mother Mangla's on the other side of Krishna, Sri Dharma, and uh, Radha, with, uh, under the guidance of Yashoda, Rohini, right? They, they serve, and it's done very uh, gracefully and very, there's, there's, there's an etiquette in the serving. Like that. Or you can say, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to stand up and walk. No, it doesn't work like that. So it's up to you if you want to follow these things or not. But there are reasons why you follow it. Okay? Prabhu, so. uh, you mentioned that uh, sometimes you know, we wake up with uh, devoting consciousness. <coughs> so we'll also wake up with the consciousness. Yeah. If we uh, become aware that we wake up with the consciousness, how do we kind of take shelter and kind of change that consciousness out there? Uh, first thing you do, you have a shower, right? And uh, finish with cold water. You know, I think you're strong enough to do that. Do you do that? Yeah, start doing it. Start doing it. I've been doing this since I joined, right? I, I went through periods in my very early times as a brahmachari where I had cold showers, but that only lasted a few months. But Always finish, even for a few seconds. But now I do it probably for about know, ten or seconds or more. So just cold water, right? It, uh, from an Ayurvedic point of view, right, it has a very powerful effect on your physiognomy, your health, True. and also on your your mental uh, disposition. Now it's becoming like a thing around the world, Wim Hof method, and it's becoming like a whole thing now. But um, yeah, just just do that in the morning. So that would be enough to start getting the demons out. Right, that will help. No, that will help. It's not going to get them all out. But, <laughs> but they'll start moving away. I think you know, I don't want to say your demons like like soft, warm. You know, Hiranya Kashyapu means soft golden bears. That's what the demons like. You know, you put a cold water. You know, you're in a soft golden bear. Someone throws a bucket of cold water in you. Right, your demoniac spirit changes quite quickly. And then uh, we follow the morning program. Right? So we go to Mongolati, we chat your rounds, you go to the class and everything. So if you go from 4.30 to 8.30, right, just solid four hours of sunlight, demons aren't going to stick around for that. They're going to think, well, I don't like this place. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to bed. <laughs> So just do that. Okay. Just follow the program. You become pure quickly. Probably you were mentioning about the
and we also see Lakhmaras being told as a pure devotee that he was dedicated to Nasmadev. Then, how do we reconcile? So, what's the question? How do we say this Pralatman is not a pure devotee as the first one? Because of what? Because of the definition in Bhaktivedanta Singh who says pure devotion, the object must be Radha Krishna. No, it doesn't say Radha Krishna. It doesn't say Radha Krishna. It doesn't say Radha Krishna. Anyabhilashina Shunya. Not Radha Krishna. Radha Krishna. In Vrindavan, the moon where he is. So that's how it doesn't say that. You mean in the commentary? Does Vishnu say that or something? Is that what you're saying? Rupa Goswami doesn't say that. Krishna Anushilanam. So Krishna, Krishna means Avatari. All the incarnations. Who's inside of Krishna? The Srimadev. So when we say Krishna, it means all the incarnations. Right. So yeah, I mean, you can't say Anyabhilashita Sudyam, Gyana Kama Dinavritam, Anukuyena, Krishna, Rama, Nasrinya, Varaha, Macha, Koma. Anushilanam Bhakti Kajaka. You know, it's only one verse. It's like Krishna. Krishna means everyone. So. Any other questions? Okay. Shortbrow Bhakti? Jai.